Z Sports Prime Time on a Tuesday night from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising. I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Superbook Sports. Get in on the action. You can bet the WNBA. Uh, the WNBA Finals going on right now on ESPN. Uh, the Connecticut team versus Las Vegas. Forgive me, I'm unfamiliar with the franchises in the WNBA, but you can bet on that. You can bet on football. You can bet on every other major sport in the Superbook Sports app. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage is where you go for your dream address without the stress. The Ashton team has you covered. Get the intel edge at GaryAshton.com. TrueMav Fitness, a new way to work out. An incredible open gym format with classes that will never repeat or be recycled. TrueMavFitness.com is how you get your first class free. And Two Rivers Ford, that's the place where you go for the best car buying experience in the mid-state with one of the state's largest selection of new or pre-owned vehicle. Build your next Ford at Two Rivers Ford today. So, uh, with the way that this has gone, all I see is pain, 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 yo buck, pain, <laughs> over and over and over again. Uh, with many of you asking to get the, the uh, hashtag fired Todd Downing started now there's something i need to send to producer reed that i did not think about until just now uh and uh and on that subject i think that uh we may need to play this video that austin stanley of a to z sports pulled off my radio show i've just sent it to reed and he'll let me know when it's uploaded because many of you are bent out of shape about todd and for all of the hand-wringing and uh issues about the offense and there were plenty of questionable issues don't get me wrong it's still week one at the end of the day I'm not telling you that it's going to get better I don't know if it's going to get worse but when you come through these things and you kind of remove yourself from the situation you took a look you take a look at some numbers as I did today and kind of put a summary on the whole thing there were missed opportunities but overall I felt they lost by a point, and they screwed up in critical spots. But on some of the things that I wanted to see improvement from the offense on, I did see that, particularly in the passing game, and I'm going to explain why later on in the show. But what I heard today from Kevin Byard really caught my attention, and it speaks to a thing that I think is true about this franchise, but something that I think you would rather not give voice to or rather not hear your team give voice to. I'll explain what I mean here in just a second. But the question that I want to ask you is this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Since we know and we have talked about the offense in several different facets, and we'll get back to Todd Downing here in just a second, um, let's look at the defense and say, what does the Titans' defense need to focus on improving the most before the Bills game. Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. There's a variety of different options you can pick from. Missed tackles, bad run defense, um, situational awareness, I think in certain circumstances, penalties. Um, well, penalties were a thing for both the offense and the defense. It's pretty, pretty uncommon to see the Titans have six penalties in a game. Uh, Nav, 454 is scoring. Well, that's hard on defense, but okay, maybe. Um, I don't think necessarily that's going to go down that way. But Tiffany Cockrell says personnel choices on the defenses 
Aaron Hobson says, blown coverages. Where does the defense need to improve the most heading to Buffalo? I'm going to let you hear from Kevin Byard here in just a second, because I think it's important to hear this from Byard's uh, lips uh, to your ears and read um, is the question for Byard included in the clip as well, or is it just Kevin Byard speaking on this particular situation? He's looking down. I can't tell if he's frozen in my screen. He appears to be frozen, so I'm not sure what happened to read. Anyway, uh, the Byard uh, question and answer you'll hear in just a second. And we'll read more of your comments. I'll tell you where I think the most concerning issues are here in just a second. Right after I tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible, you know this. That, of course, is Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford since 1983. They are the best in the business because they go above and beyond for customer service. Not many places in business, no matter with its car dealerships, um, you know, any element of life, it is difficult to find a company that is comfortable making guarantees. But at Two Rivers Ford, they know and they trust that they are going to be able to deliver for you. That's why they are making guarantees like great prices and a locked in interest rate when you custom order a 2023 model year Ford. If you custom order an F-150, an Explorer like iDrive, a Ranger, Edge, Bronco Sport, Escape, or Mustang, They'll guarantee 2.9% APR for 60 months for all qualified buyers. So now you can order, lock in a great rate, and whenever you start paying, have that great rate ready to go. That's the kind of peace of mind that Two Rivers Ford offers. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So uh, what does the defense have to improve upon the most? There's a couple of things. 238 rushing yards is horrendous. Uh, there's no question. Stop the run it to stop the run and stay in your lane, says William Anderson. That was something Mike Vrabel talked about at great length. Monsoon Monahan brings up the tackling. They had several missed tackle opportunities. It wasn't just Saquon Barkley giving them problems. It was uh, a few snaps of Wandale Robinson before he was ruled out with a knee injury. There was a quick flash of Kadarius Tony who didn't get much work but still managed to make decent gains. Um, that Richie James in the uh, for the Giants receiving core was all over the place. They had a coverage bust that allowed Sterling Shepard his first touchdown in over a year. That's how bad the Giants have been on offense. They had like, they had precious few touchdowns caught by wide receivers last year. Sterling Sharp has not been in an end zone in over a year. That's outrageous. So there's a lot of different things that led the Titans to have the day defensively that they did. But when we met via Zoom with Kevin Byard today, he said something about what he prefers, the state that he prefers to operate in when it comes to facing opponents. And while I understood what Byard meant, I don't think he necessarily meant it to come out this way. But when I heard him say, We'd rather be the underdogs than be the people being chased. It said to me, well, at some point, don't you have to be able to learn how to handle success better? And this was Kevin Byard earlier today. Kevin, that uh, underdog mentality, constantly being viewed an underdog in some of these bigger games, is that something that you guys really like to relish an opportunity here to maybe prove some people wrong and embrace that underdog mindset going into these big games? I guess it's just something that we're just used to. Um, 
you know, I always feel like, because like I said, since I've been here, we've always been the underdog. And I would rather, I don't know, I guess in, in whatever scenario you like to look at it, but I'd rather be the one chasing the one that's being chased. You know what I'm saying? So uh, that's usually how it goes. And I think that um, guys understand that. And, you know, I feel like you just kind of go into games with a different mentality when you know that you're not really picked to win. Uh, it's like not necessarily David and Goliath, but, you know, I'm saying the little man versus the big guy. You know what I'm saying? So we I think just as a team, we just understand that role. And, you know, we just try to you know play the best we can. So Derek R. and many other people uh, saying that they understand what Kevin Byard is articulating there. And I think that I think that you have to look at it and say, okay, I get what I get what KB is saying. But also when you when you say when you say the phrase, I would rather be the underdog than the team that's being chased, yes, that's fine. And it's a completely understandable mentality from a defensive player, right? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to be reactive. You want to be aggressive. You want to attack. You want to go after it. You want to get the thing that's physically in front of you. I just think he said it wrong because when I heard that and in his response to the question, I just came away thinking, well, man, don't you, don't you have to at some point because you've been at this a while now. And he's right. Like, they have been favored in games. Uh, they were five-and-a-half-point favorites on Sunday at home. They blew it, right? They lost by one. Um, but at some point, you have been winning enough to be able to figure out a way to handle success. And while I, while I look at this and say, you know, from Bayard's standpoint, he has lived up to the hype. Uh, Lewitt, Lou Man says underdog and underachiever. Um, you know, I don't think Bayard's an underachiever. I think that the Titans have underachieved given some of the opportunities that they've had. But again, the AFC is stacked. They have been going up against Mahomes and Allen and Lamar. It's not an easy situation, but there's always going to be somebody, right? You're not going to have the most clear and obvious path. Each and every time Brady's been involved in that since uh, since uh, he was with the Patriots a couple of times facing the Titans in the playoffs. So again, I I get what he's saying, but I also don't understand why they just can't simply learn how to handle the expectation of winning. I think it's a little disappointing to hear. Um, I think he's right. I think he's probably right. You know, I think he's probably right about all these different things. But they they do win more often than not. Like Vrabel's got like a forty-one and twenty-five record. They they've they've been to the playoffs three straight times. They were the number one overall seed last year. Like, be damned with this underdog mentality stuff. Be the big dog once in a while. Now maybe you know they're not going to be favored because the Bills looked overwhelming, and uh, the Bills looked overwhelming, and and Tennessee looked I thought good on offense other than the decision making that set them back um which is still a problem it's still something that they have to correct and the Bills have an overwhelming enough quarterback to make up for a lot of these deficiencies the Titans do not have Josh Allen they do not have Patrick Mahomes they do not have Lamar they're gonna have to make things work to the best of their abilities they may end up beating Buffalo I have no idea but uh, I just 
I just want to see them learn how to handle the expectation of winning. And to an extent, they have underachieved that way. Now, not they're not the only NFL team to do this. The, the story that we are telling about this current iteration of Titans is not exclusive to them. There are plenty of other franchises and plenty of other cities that are also looking at their team. The Cardinals are another example of this, even though the Titans have had more success. But, you know, you could look at Arizona and say, yeah, they've had opportunities that they've just frankly squandered. Uh, another good example of this would probably be Aaron Rodgers, right? Number one overall seed. Aaron Rodgers, the best quarterback, the most talented quarterback. I mean, even though Brady wins at a higher rate, Aaron Rodgers has all the tools to succeed. And again, they, they come out and get smoked worse than the Titans did as also a number one overall seed. Uh, I think that I think that the, at the end of the day, there are plenty of teams who who talk, who have this position. But at a certain point, at least the Packers embrace that they're the people. Uh, they're the people who are gunning uh, or who are being gunned after. They don't necessarily handle that well in the postseason, but that's the kind of stuff that the Titans, I wish, would just at least embrace. And then, you know, we can talk about disappointments in the playoffs and all these different things and fire Todd Downing, just as you know, what happened on my radio show today. When I tried, I tried to cut out today. I tried to, you know, take a step back from the Titans today on the radio show. And now that got derailed very quickly because of the poor decisions made by the Broncos. And we'll talk about those later on. But immediately, about an hour and a half or about a half hour into the radio show, it just spiraled again into Todd Downing stuff and everybody losing their minds with calls that, (laughs) listen, I love the radio show. I love you guys on the primetime show because it's a free and open dialogue. Um, I love the radio show because the callers are always laugh out loud funny. And on here, I don't necessarily get to hear your guys' voices, which always adds an extra element, especially when you have regulars. Like I have regulars here with you guys. Some of you guys are regulars. A lot of you guys are regulars, and we're grateful for that. We also have regular callers to the radio show. Uh, one such caller named Sue Ann always delivers. But my God, was she out for blood today. To Oh. It's been so long since Sue Ann has called us. Hello, Sue Ann. Hey, Buck. Thank you for taking my call. Always. And I, I know, but you know I'm scared of Lucas. <laughs> Wait, why? Well, I have another name for him. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp? Yeah, he's got that trigger finger handing over, waiting <laughs> to turn on the music. <laughs> not, not for you, Sue Ann. No, he he plays favorites, Sue Ann. I, I think you fit favorites. into that category. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Okay, well, I've calmed down a little bit since I, since I called in. I mean, I, you know, what everything you just said, Buck, was spot on in so many ways, but when when Vrabel said that about you know we're not going to rely on talent. When I heard him say that in the press conference, I was like, oh, that's why we're keeping Todd Downing, because we're not relying on talent. <laughs> Swan! Oh, no. He has a family. My God. <laughs> just saying. But, you know, and I would like to say something about what you just said. You know, Mike Malarkey, he he had the Adams family support, but but he could not say to his friend, which is why it's trouble when you get your friends in there, goodbye, you know, yeah. and they, they did not let him go because they weren't happy with him. And 
Yo, Sue Ann is a cold-blooded killer, man. She took Todd Downing at it the knees. Now, I uh, I always appreciate uh, the perspective. Raul Perez says she was actually pretty nice about it. No, it's just the tone. It wasn't nice about it at all. What she said was incredibly cruel to Todd Downing. But just because of the tone of Sue Ann's voice, you don't necessarily, it doesn't hit as hard as, you know, if I said that when Mike Vrabel was up at a press conference talking about, well, we don't want to be a coaching staff that relies on talent. Well, he's talking about Todd Downing, and that's why he's the OC. It sounds different coming out of my mouth than it does the sweet and kind voice of Sue Ann, even when she's taking a knife to your back. Not even to your back. She's looking you in the eyes as she guts you. I mean, it is. She, and she's had. She's not a frequent caller, but she delivers with such a hit rate that I have, uh, she is among the top three favorite callers that I have on the radio show. She put that man down. So as all this stuff continues to happen and it continues to spiral, you know, there's a couple of different ways that you can look at this. And I'll explain what I mean by that here in just a second. Ben Hall says she's prison shanked the man. Yes, she absolutely did. And she will come for each and every one of us, myself included, if we are not careful. So head on a swivel. And when I explain, or when I get ready, before I get ready to explain to you what I mean by the differences between what we're talking about defensively and offensively with Todd Downing, I'll tell you about our friends at Superbook Sports. It's time to get in on all the action. You don't got to be at the football games to enjoy all the football this fall. All you got to do is download the Superbook Sports app. They've got lines up for every game for the rest of the regular season in the NFL. You can bet your MVP. You can bet who will surprise in the SEC. You can bet on who will win the Super Bowl. All manner of great options and odds boost available at Superbook uh, in the app. It's clean. It's easy to use. You can get it as an Android user or if you have an iPhone. You can download the app, bring Vegas to the palm of your hand, and if you do, they will match your first bet up to $1,000, whether the bet wins or loses. Terms and conditions at Superbook.com. Gambling problem? Call the Tennessee Red Line. 1-800-889-9789. So, when you hear Sue Ann teeing off on the offense, and you go through the issues that Kevin Byer just articulated in ways that kind of you know bother me, um, I think that there are two ways to differentiate this. One, it's never as bad as the result makes it seem. I would rather lose the way, now I will say, I would rather lose the way that like the Cowboys did, right? 19 to three, where you just go in, you got, you got shit, right? You don't, you don't have any way of competing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You get blown out and you stink as opposed to losing by one point. Cause the one point means you were plenty good enough to be in that game. You were in that game. You led, I think, they led the entire game, did they not? No, I'm sorry. Yeah, they led the entire game up until the final touchdown uh, pass from Daniel Jones to the tight end and then the two-point conversion. So they were in control, and they cruised down the field smoothly uh, in the uh, third quarter with that second Dontrell Hilliard pass. Like they were, they were all fine as far as I was concerned. Um, but when you go about when you go about this situation, you would rather see uh, you would rather see 
if you're going to determine that your team stinks like the Cowboys did, you would rather see that as opposed to losing by one the way that the Titans did. Because it just means that you were even one of those mistakes away from winning that game. One point. One point and a missed 47-yard field goal as time expired. I think that's the kind of stuff that bothers you deeply. But the defense was not blameless in this. And there is something to the way that the Titans just do not do not handle inferior opponents well. And I can't, for the life of me, understand that. But I think Kevin Byard in, in kind of I I listen, I, I can't speak for for K for Kevin. Um so I don't know necessarily what he was trying to say other than it did not come off the best way. Uh, and Caleb Hubman says, the Titans don't stink, the OC just stinks. You know, I mean, I- I'm going to write about this for tomorrow, but like they were aggressive in the passing game and they had explosive plays in the passing game in ways that they did not last year. And that's not completely a credit to Todd Downing, but it's not unimportant either. So, yeah, I think I think that Todd was probably the largest part of them blowing it, but I also went back and watched, took uh, charted the game, watching ahead because we're doing the, the install with Greg Cosell tomorrow, looking at average air yards per attempt, looking at explosive plays in the passing game. Uh, I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as everybody's making it, even if it feels really, really bad. It's going to feel... It's going to feel really bad all week long. Like I said, I don't think he—I don't think he's the best coordinator in the world, but I don't think he's outright terrible, which is enough to keep him employed and something to keep in mind as you try and consider why is Mike Vrabel not doing anything about this? Well, if you're Vrabel, it's not—it's not that bad, but we'll see. Uh, let's talk about terrible clock management. Uh, a clock block, as a matter of fact, that we will get to here in just a second. Him, Messiah King says uh, he's horrible. Neil Patel says no, he's terrible. Buck, stop it. Listen, man. Um, I, I think that there's always overreaction. I'm like I said, I, I'm not saying that Todd Downing is a good offensive coordinator. I'm just saying he's not the worst offensive coordinator of all time because uh, he's not like it's just he's quantifiably not it's not you didn't have a bad offense last year your offense was not bad on Sunday they just shit the bed on third down and that comes down to critical decision making again there are pieces and parts of this that can be bad and also be like not the worst like I just think that there has to be some middle ground there has to be some nuance and you have one game sample size to freak out about uh, there's only one reason we lost this Lamar Daniels. Well, no, of course that's stupid. Like, I'm not I'm not going to get bogged down in this. I feel I've explained it as much as I can. If you feel one way, it's like everybody losing their shit about Tannehill last year. And I came at, I came back the next day on the radio show and said that I think that Ryan Tannehill can still win a Super Bowl. And you know what I saw on Sunday? A dude completely fine, like unbothered by three uh, three postseason interceptions in command and in control of the offense, um, bad play calls and some bad execution and some ungodly timed penalties by Lawan and Brewer. Uh, I mean, even Nick Petit, Petit Frere, who I thought played well in his rookie uh, debut, for lack of a better term, at a false start that cost them. Like, there's plenty of damn reasons they lost that game. Um, but again, I say to you, if even one or two fewer of those things happen, you win. 
Now the results are the results, but like you can't you can't lose your mind about this because the Mike Vrabel's looking at this the way that I'm looking at this. I'm trying to articulate to you how your coaching staff, how your management is going to process this. And they're going to process this by saying, yeah, tough shit. Like, it's still good enough for us to win. That's how they're doing business. And they're not going to they're not gonna make any kind of rash decisions uh, based off one result. And they're not going to they're not going to hold last year against him because it's a new season for the coaches, for the players, and that's how they go about doing these things. You guys are entitled to lose your shit as much as you want. But I'm looking at it and saying uh, that this is not the way that your coaching staff is going to do business. So at a certain point, you can either lose your mind, cause your stress level to go through the roof, or you can accept reality, look at it from a hands-off standpoint, not from a hands-off standpoint, but from a thousand-foot view, get the bigger picture, and say, okay, like if Taylor Lewan makes a third and one, uh, makes the block on third and one for the Chig play, that's a first down. If Derrick Henry is not paying, is paying closer attention on the direct snap, that's probably a first down. Should they have run Derrick Henry out of the I formation just straight into the defense on third and one? Yeah, they damn well should have. But also, go look at the players not executing in that same spot and saying it's not all as cut and dry as you want to make it. Such is life. All right, let that be the end. Well, actually, let's talk about bad coaching. Who had the worst bad coaching decisions? Uh, uh, The Broncos or the Titans this weekend? Let me know on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch. We'll talk about it together. We'll have a great time. And we can get back into this Todd Downing situation because I think that the Broncos were equally as bad. Uh, We will do that right after I tell you about the people that you need to start your fitness journey with. That's True Math Fitness. Now, I am very excited. Uh, to have True Mav Fitness as a partner on the primetime show. I'm excited that you guys have heard me talk about hitting 220 by uh, 220 by training camp. We got down to 218. We're hovering around 218 right now. So I came back and said, let's do 200 by Super Bowl. And True Mav Fitness is on board. It's an incredibly unique and creatively designed workout plan that will never repeat workouts throughout the course of it. It's going to keep you on your toes. It's going to keep your body continuously adapting and it's not going to be uh something that is not uh, that you're not able to handle no matter what your fitness level is true math fitness is a boot camp style 45 minute class uh the they are open gym concepts they also have personal training if you want unlimited classes it's simple it's all it's only 160 dollars a month which is really really reasonable and you get your first class free if you are a nashville resident You can find out more information uh, by going to visit them at their great location in the Gulch in downtown Nashville or online at truemathfitness.com. I've got my first class, uh, what is it, tomorrow at 5.30. Tomorrow at 5.30. So I'm looking forward to uh, reporting back on how that goes because, you know, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm taking this seriously. 200 by Super Bowl. By the time we get to Scottsdale, Arizona, I want to be, you know, I want to have a beach body again because I'm out there laying out at the pool before the Super Bowl doing the radio show at Radio Row and having you guys out there with prime with, uh, with the primetime show too. So we're going to do that, and True Math Fitness is going to help us. Um, so who had the worst coaching decisions, the Titans or the Broncos this weekend? Now, 
You guys watch Monday Night Football just as I did. And while the Broncos also lost by, did the Broncos also lose by a single point? Is that right? The Broncos also lost by a single point and also lost on a last second field goal. But a field goal try. But I will tell you that the way that the Broncos lost was far more embarrassing than the way that the Titans lost, even as the Giants came in here as a bigger uh, as a bigger underdog than the Broncos did with Seattle. This was the situation for uh, the Manning cast on Monday Night Football, paying attention to how the Broncos were botching the end of this game. Sutton. Sutton. Uh-oh. Oh, oh, yes. That was a good play. Okay, now, we got, now, now, Big we, miss. now we got fourth and five. Fourth and five is doable. We got three timeouts. See, I might use one right here. E. Let's use Good one. Out. Let's talk about this one. Let's talk about this one. They may try to draw. They can oh, try to draw here. them off sides. Might try to draw them off sides. E. You don't have that you much time. Snap count. You well, you don't want to waste that much time. I don't think. Well, running a play. They look. They look unsettled. Sutton doesn't know what he's doing. Hurry up. Hurry. Time out. Time out. Time out. Time out. What the? So you just burned thirty seconds first time out. to call a timeout. Second timeout. Oh my. A lot of time. A lot of time wasted right there to call timeout, Pete. Yes. Right? Yes. Because even now, if you if you get five yards, I mean, you still got two timeouts, but you gotta you gotta get some yardage. They're gonna kick it. They're gonna kick it. Kick what? Oh, they're, gonna kick. they're kicking right here? Kicking the field goal right here. Hold on. Oh. How far? They're kicking Let me see how far this 62 is. 62-yarder. 63-yarder. What? And, of course, they missed. Like, Shannon Sharp, Eli Manning, and Peyton Manning watching. Now, I watched the, the regular broadcast uh, live last night, but when I saw the clips of this, I mean, Peyton Manning frantically, frantically take the timeout. They have three timeouts. It's not like the Titans who had one timeout. They took the timeout. They tried to get to the right hash for Randy for Randy Bullock to make it as he had uh, as he tried to adjust to go to the left because he asked them to get to that hash mark for him to think he had the best opportunity to make it. Now, 64 yards is a lot harder than 47 yards, of course. And Brandon McManus probably would have hit the 64-yarder if they were just like five yards closer. If they had trusted the highly paid quarterback, Russell Wilson, who they just traded all their shit for, like all their draft picks to come in and elevate them because the Broncos have been in quarterback hell since Peyton Manning with his busted ass neck left them uh, with a Super Bowl that, that Vaughn Miller basically won for them. But like use Russell Wilson on fourth and five, you dopes. Don't take the timeout and let the kicker try it from 64 yards. The Titans had some questionable decisions, but the Broncos were straight up dumb. And this is why when you look around the league, you're not the only one complaining about offensive coordinator things. Turns out a lot of NFL teams are just not that smart. And it is a rookie head coach. um, And Todd Downing has been that this a little longer. But like Nathaniel Hackett is one of the most respected offensive minds in football. That's why he's a head coach. He was Aaron Rodgers, uh, offensive coordinator in Green Bay, back-to-back MVP seasons. In Matt LaFleur's system, Matt LaFleur, former Titans offensive coordinator, now turned Green Bay Packers head coach, 
all these different things, and they shit the bed. They shit the bed hard. They blew it. They blew it in spectacular fashion. The Broncos, by far and away, the worst coaching job this week. It was uh, it was truly an embarrassment to watch that go down. Where are all the people that were putting the Broncos in the Super Bowl? Were there people really doing that? Um, because I think that's nonsense. Uh, I, I think uh, I think I mean Russell Wilson is the third best quarterback in that division. Maybe like there's not that big a difference to me between him and Derek Carr. Really not. I mean, yes, Wilson has won a Super Bowl, but like Russ is not. Russ played well. I thought he played well, but I didn't think he was great. Like I thought Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes both looked decidedly better than he did um, this weekend. It was just, it was just a really, really bad sequence of coaching to go down in the first, uh, in the first game of your head coaching career with Russell Wilson at Seattle and the Twelves losing their minds. They were shook. They were shook and they lost. And uh, if if for nothing else, um, the Titans the Titans got shook at the end, but it did not look anything quite as embarrassing as that. All right, that is going to uh, that is going to take us to the gone viral video that we do have prepared for you. Also having to do with embarrassing NFL losses. The question that I would like to ask is this, or the question that producer Reed posed for the Gone Viral video tonight. What is your, at least we aren't them team? So what this means is you may be, so you may, you're a Titans fan, right? Most of you, the vast majority of you Titans fans. And uh, you go into this, you go into Monday Night Football and you say, well, afterwards, at least we're not the Broncos, right? So who is your, or what is your, at least we aren't them team. The Jags, if you're a Titans fan, can fit this mold. Um, I think there's any number of franchises that you can choose from. The Lions are a good selection. Which Who is your, at least we're not them team? Because I've got a really, really good one The producer Reed has picked out a video for. I'll tell you who that is and what that is momentarily, right after I remind you about the place that you need to go for the Intel Edge. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage at GaryAshton.com. Gary is the best in the business for a reason because they've got the best agents, they've got the best information, they've got the best properties, just like you know that they do. GaryAshton.com will help you capitalize and win the buyer battle. They'll help you cash in on your home equity now. They'll help you find your next home while you sell your current one, even in this crazy real estate market, which, by the way, is starting to uh, get more favorable to buyers. GaryAshton.com is how you get involved. As producer Reed uh, nods along in agreement. Uh, Yes, question my real estate knowledge, Reed. I watch the news. I pay attention to the markets. Get the hell out of here. GaryAshton.com. Okay. so. Uh, who is your, who is your, at least we're not them team. Danny Sutherland says the Browns bun B says the 49ers monsoon Monahan though, has the correct answer. As many of you do the Dallas Cowboys. What a joke. Do you know where I go? First thing on a Monday morning after a Cowboys loss, I seek out first take the take God himself. We bow and kneel at the altar of the man who is better at speaking in front of cameras or microphones than anybody else in this business. That's why he gets paid 
Well, not nearly as much as Tom Brady will get paid whenever he gets in the booth with Fox, but he still gets paid really well. Stephen A. Smith, after a Cowboys loss, is must-see TV. Is the Cowboys season already over oh. in all seriousness? Oh, with this in all injury? seriousness. First of all, I'm mad that you asked the question because it almost took my thunder away. The season is over. <laughs> I mean, one game in. How many times do I have to say this, Dan Olowski? How many times do I have to say this, playmaker? Just wait. <laughs> Don't wait to be patient. It's coming. The only bad part about all of this is that I like a little suspense. I mean, this is television. I'm looking for theater. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not thinking that, you know, week one, I mean, damn, the die has been cast and it's over. But what other decision are we to come to? First of all, Now, Stephen A. goes on at some length. Uh, <laughs> Stephen King says, Buck, will you remember us when you make first take one day? Uh, listen, if I was ever to go uh, to Bristol, well, I guess it's not in Bristol, Connecticut anymore. It's at the seaport in New York. If I ever get on, uh, if I ever get on first take, by God, um, I don't know what I'll do. I, I'll probably fanboy over Stephen A. because I find him to be absolutely hilarious, even though a lot, he drives a lot of you crazy. I just think he's so good at what he does. Um, but yes, if we ever make it on first take, we will have a celebration together. Um, Bucks only scored 19 on the Cowboys. I think that says more. No, the the, the Cowboys stick. Uh, the, the, the Cowboys stick. They're very very bad. Uh, I think uh, I think that um, the uh, the Cowboys embarrass themselves on offense. The Bucks defense is not that good this year. I think that you have to be realistic. Uh, about the situation for Dallas. Dallas is perpetually overrated. And I think even as the Titans tend to disappoint, the, the Bucks didn't, or rather the Cowboys didn't just disappoint. They got their asses kicked. Again, it happens consistently. It happens consistently. And it's always laugh out loud funny. Always laugh out loud funny when the Cowboys take an L. That's going to do it for us this evening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Appreciate the people who make it possible. Superbook Sports, Two Rivers Ford, True Mav Fitness, and the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. Radio show tomorrow, Jonathan Crompton uh, of A to Z Sports, uh, the Vol reaction show, halftime and postgame. Former Vols quarterback is going to be on with us tomorrow. We'll talk about how Hendon Hooker did against Pitt and what that looks like heading not into Florida this week, but with a tune-up against Akron this week before Florida comes to Knoxville. So that will be a good time. We also talk about uh, this Kevin Byard situation at more length, and I'll get into some numbers about where I thought Todd Downing did well. It's not all about where he did poorly, even though that is the biggest problem. Now we have to see what the Titans can build upon moving forward, and I found some pretty positive things as far as the Titans' passing game is concerned. So you'll have to tune in between 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone for that. Enjoy the rest of your evening. We'll have another primetime tomorrow night and an episode of The Install with Greg Cosell with full analysis and breakdown. I'm sure we'll play a clip or two from that on the primetime show too. Talk to you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. There's Matt All right, Prater. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs>